0: Don't forget if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a 1 year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1500 first bet offer on your first wager.
1: Call for Chicago. Ladies and gentlemen time has come what's better than this
0: guys being dudes the athletic presents hogan johns
2: from chgo it's adam ho and from the athletic it's adam
3: johns it's one of the craziest games that i've covered live yeah crazy
2: i feel like how many times a season do we say that (laughs) yeah but this one like i know in the red zone I'm I'm not disputing what you're saying. I'm just like, how does this franchise keep doing this? Anyway, uh, who cares? Here they are. The Adams. Hogan Johns. What's up? Welcome in. Hogan Johns with you. It is Bears versus Southern Bears this week. Warmer climate Bears. And the the Bears Bears are practicing outside in the snow. (laughs) At least one day. Going well,
3: inside, I believe. If I, I understood Matt Eberflus correctly, they will be going inside for part of today and
2: all of Friday. I mean, that makes sense. Mark Carman, uh, my co-host at CHO, was in the locker room yesterday, and we're getting towards the end of the locker room, and he just comes up to me. He goes, hey, you know, low-key, <laughs> I just get the feeling, I don't think the players like that they practice outside today. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. Would you
1: it think about cold. it? You're like,
2: like a 23, 24 year old, you know, kid like, from Texas. Yeah, kid from Texas who's up here playing in the north for the first time, and it's starting to get cold. This is your first week, like where you've seen snow. You know, you're playing in Atlanta. I mean, heck, if you're even just Justin Fields, who's who's from Georgia,
3: like. You're wondering what's
2: going on. Why are we we playing? Why are we practicing outside? Feel
3: free to correct me, but this was the first time in my 11-plus years covering the Bears where they actually warmed up inside, right? Warmed up inside the Walter Payton Center and then went to the practice fields behind Hallis Hall.
2: Yeah, I don't remember that. I don't remember that happening.
3: I do remember that Lovey always practiced outside. yes. Loved to practice outside, even if it was cold. I remember going out there talking to the assistant coaches on the field in full winter gear, hat included, because it was so cold. And then I remember Mark Trestman. Anytime it, like flirted with 45 degrees, <laughs> he was inside the yeah. you know, Walter Payton
2: Dome. Even when they'd be playing in 20 degrees yes. at Soldier Field that weekend. Yes, yes. Didn't like the I, cold. By the way, I don't think this is that big of a deal. Um, You're right in that it's it's relatively common. Um, and to be fair, like as a coach, you want as much space as you can. And there's only one field with tight sidelines inside the Walter Payton Center. There's no, uh, you know, really room for the kickers to kick. There's not even goal posts in there. They have a net up that has like the fake goal posts up that are just like pieces of tape on the netting. So I get it. I get it. want to get a full. Uh, and were they in pads yesterday? Well, they're if I let me
3: repeat what Matt Eberflus said, or go back to what he said. They take off their pads at some point in practice. They keep them on for individual drills, and they take them off for team. There is still some uh, to use a Matt Nagy word, although Matt Eberflus uses it too. There's still some thud in Bears practices going on.
2: Yeah. Well, there's uh, we're getting close to that limit on um, like a certain amount of the padded practices can only. Cu- be after week 11, I think it is. So what week is it right now? Week 11? It's week 11. So I think after this week, or maybe including this week, there's like only four more they can have or something like that. Um, They definitely tightened down on that towards the end of the season. I I do enjoy –
3: this is the part of the year where, like, the the rookies – if I feel like I have a conversation with a rookie about this every year. It's the players from – the south from like florida or from georgia or from texas who are talking amongst their teammates about which winter jacket to buy because it's so cold yeah. they've never bought winter coats
2: and now they need one here in chicago and then there's idiots like me who've lived here my entire life and i think i was like 34 33 when i finally like invested in a really <laughs> nice winter coat yeah. and i was that like, only last like one or two years though I might, I got a nice Eddie Bauer one now. I was thinking about wearing the house today, so you might see it. Um, because it is freaking cold outside right now. It'll be worse uh, tomorrow. Um, it's. I mean, I don't wear it a lot. I wear it like only when it's in the twenties. When
3: you used to be the sideline reporter for Northwestern.
2: <laughs> no, no. See, the thing I learned about that, and I've carried it over to coaching now. Um you don't want big bulky things on you because it actually ends up restricting your movement. You feel like you can't move and then you move less and then you end up actually being colder. So it took me a a few years and I finally figured out we had like a 22 degree game in Minnesota one year. And uh, actually I think it was even colder than that. It might've been in the teens. There was a hilarious video of all the players, which I think they did again last week when they were in Minnesota, all going out for warmups without shirts on. Doesn't seem smart, but you know, Northwestern is a smart school, though. Um, anyway, I figured out more layers underneath and just wear a hoodie. Ah. Then you end up moving around a lot, and the, the layers end up keeping you warm and you're fine. So there's a little tip for you. As long Device. as you're moving, if you're standing like in are <laughs> Oh, that's if, a sound bite, a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> if you're standing in like the stands at Soldier Field, I'd recommend putting it on a heavy jacket because you're not really moving there.
3: All right, quickly, did you see the snow game yesterday between Eastern Michigan and Western Michigan?
2: I had it on the, one of the TVs. Yeah, I wasn't really watching it. My, my sons loved it. And yeah.
3: I can't, they, they went to bed before it was over, but that snowman, that fan made, Oh like there's, yeah.
2: there, there's a bunch of regular
3: snowman and then this one fan actually made a man, like yeah, sitting was down. Yeah, impressive. <laughs> so check that out. Google it, snowman at Michigan. And he had Central a Yes, yes. Yeah. Well,
2: the kid need to put his hat back on, but... Yeah. That was... That was uh It's fun having Maxion games on. I still can't get, like, really into them, but... <laughs> get those kids some coats and the Better line. than nothing. Packers play tonight, so that'll, that'll be on your TV. Um... All right. Well, well, welcome in. We got Bears and Falcons to preview today on the pod. Uh, Follow us on Twitter at Adam Hogue, at Adam Johns. You can um, read Johnsy on The Athletic, theathletic.com slash Hogan Johns. Kevin Fishbane is there as well. You can find me at allchgo.com, which um, part of uh, kind of a big announcement today for CHGO, the um, most, almost all of our content now on the website at allchco.com is free and unlocked for you to read. Um, you still have to be a member to get my Bears Things newsletter, but everything else I write will be good to go and free for you up there. Uh, and the membership is still going to be a pretty awesome perk for all of our events and, and tailgates and merchandise like this hoodie I'm wearing, things like that. Um, so if you're interested in any of that, please check it out at allchgo.com. That stuff was just announced this morning. Appreciate all the support there. Um, you know, there is one thing, by the way, appreciate all the, uh, I think we both very, very, very much appreciate all the uh, positive response to our episode on Tuesday with JT O'Sullivan. Guess who, Johns, told me in the locker room yesterday that for the first time, ever, he listened to a full Hogan Johns episode from start to finish. Full? Yeah. Said he's listened to plenty of episodes in the past, bits and pieces, maybe a guest here, whenever he feels like it's necessary. But this time, on Tuesday's episode, he actually listened from start to finish. Guess who it was? Justin Fields. No. <laughs> no, that'd be cool, though. But It wasn't. It, it was not, not a player. Jeff Joniak. Yes. Did he like it? I don't know. He didn't say. <laughs> <laughs> you never know. <laughs> <laughs> Does Joniak like anything besides no. the Bears winning football games?
3: Ah, <laughs> uh, We love that guy. Yeah, we love he's that t-
2: guy. Um, no, but he's, he thought it was pretty good. And then he was like, but I think what he was really fishing for, he was like, should I really sign up for that Patreon the QB school? I like it. Yeah. You're an exes and those guy. I think you would enjoy it. Yeah. I think you would. He's a, he grinds some tape, Joniak. Mm-hmm. Um, All right. And then there's one other quick topic we got to get to before we break this down because it's kind of been glossed over all week. I tried to give you some space, but what the hell happened on Saturday? Uh- <laughs> Congratulations.
3: I will bring you. Um, uh, maybe you're going to be at house all tomorrow. I'll be there today and tomorrow. I'll yeah. bring you some Portillo's tomorrow. Ooh. The St. Ignatius Wolfpack beat my Notre Dame Dons. That option offense you run is a pain in the ass. It's a pain in the ass where you guys do the motion. like You shift right before the snap. Holy hell, is that a pain in the ass. Look, it was a cold day. Admittedly, we were a little banged up. I think we're down to like our third and fourth linebackers, but no excuses. No excuses at all. Um, You guys really took it to us, so congratulations to you guys. That option is something, and that defensive lineman, offensive lineman, I'm blanking on his name, Justin Scott?
2: Yes. The
3: top-rated re- junior in the state of Illinois, goes to your school, offers from Alabama to Miami to Notre Dame to Oregon, I yeah. believe, all yeah. over the country. They're all after him. He is impressive. They would pull him, and I'd be like, oh, my gosh, look out. <laughs> like, he's yes. massive. Yes, yes. Yeah. Um, very good player. Very good scheme on a cold day. Brought my boys down to Salernos, went to the game. It was a good day. Still a good day. Still yeah, what'd you, think day. About,
2: what'd you think about the environment down there? I didn't
3: know they had stands in the end zones.
2: I was unaware of that. Yeah, I don't know. if They, they must have added those over the years, or maybe even for the playoffs. I, You know, because when, when I was there, and that was a long time ago, and the football program was just starting, but... They didn't even like they put that whole turf field down while I was a student there and then there was only stands on one side and there weren't enough of them I think they weren't legally allowed to like even host home games cuz the games were being played somewhere else even though we had this really nice field so they've had it like they've had to like add to that over the years to make it like an actual home field yeah um, I like it. if if I would do it again I would follow the
3: lead of the guys in the alley the fans in the alley this this is a pro move They were watching the game, have a good view of the game, and they were drinking in the alley while watching the game. Behind the fence? Behind the fence. I know exactly what you're talking about. (laughs) That that is a pro move by those St. Ignatius alum or fathers. Back by the – is Al's Beef still right there? Al's Beef is is right there. We had a a friend of mine somehow got over the fence and made an Al's Beef run during the game and brought some back. That is clutch.
2: (laughs) That's bad. that's pure Chicago right there. That, that happened. Yes, he was that, handing out beefs in the stands. <laughs>
3: I'm not <laughs> lying that this actually happened.
2: That's hilarious. <laughs> yeah. I love that. Well, Ignatius moves on to play Prairie Ridge. Another triple uh, option. Too. Yeah, there's it's like um you know a mirror image, uh, and it's going to be like 20 degrees on Saturday. So, but it's the be,
3: perfect scheme for cold games like that. Yeah, like, Notre Dame spread. They do a lot of outside zone stuff the your your running backs very good. Prairie Ridge yeah, Vinny Rugai. Yes, Prairie Ridge's quarterback is is very good, but the scheme fits perfectly
2: for for cold games and wind too. Like we we played Sycamore's a similar team. I mean, they pounded us a couple of weeks ago and like the wind didn't really matter for them and it cuz that was that really gusty Saturday and it affected us more. So um yeah, good for them. The triple option still lives in the state not of my favorite. Yeah, not my favorite kind of offense personally, but, uh, you know, it's high school football, so any way to victory.
3: That's true. That's true. But congrats to you and your Wolfpack, and good luck.
2: It's pretty cool for them. I mean, like, to not even um, – I mean, when I was there, we didn't even have a football team. It's crazy. And now they're in the state semis. So it'd be really cool to see them go downstate. So I'll be keeping an eye on that Saturday. I also want to give, uh, speaking of Ignatius, you know, send our thoughts out to the um, JV hockey team, a terrible bus accident they were in on Sunday night. Honestly, um, uh, you know, hearing from – uh, John Chandler, the school president, who did an interview I know on the news. I know him a little bit. Just It sounds like it could have been way worse than it was. But the students that were injured uh, certainly hope they're getting better. And um, Honestly, it seems like a miracle that that wasn't worse. Yeah. So it's I hate to say it. It's always like in the back of your head when you're – even when I was traveling with Northwestern and stuff, it's like you just – Bus accident? Yeah, you just, yeah, you yeah, know what I mean? Team. Like, middle of the night, sometimes you're driving, the weather's not always great. For those it's just like, who it's are like listening
3: like from elsewhere, so the St. Ignatius hockey team, JV team, right? Yeah, is their JV was team. Was coming back from a tournament in Indiana, and yeah. their bus at night was struck by a drunk driver.
2: A truck. A truck. Semi-truck. Yeah, yes. Semi-truck, who was just speeding through a red light like an idiot.
3: Yeah. Oof,
2: scary. So, thoughts, thoughts to them. Yeah, and um, so anyway, all right. Um, interesting week. This is a weird. This, this is a weird thing, Johns. Uh, as we transition to Bears and Falcons, this is obviously we've been joking since the summer about all the Bears connections on this team, and yet I'd like to start this podcast by saying of any opponent the Bears have played so far this season, this is the one I know the least about. <laughs> you think that. We're going to talk to Josh Kendall here from The
3: Athletic uh, pretty soon. And I have like the the full rundown of, well, it's not so much the players. It's not so much the front office. I was surprised by how many coaches. Yeah. (laughs) Former Bears coaches there were.
1: Like Everybody knows
3: Ryan Pace is there. Everybody knows Phil Emery is there. Eddie Goldman was there. But it's the coaches. The amount of coaches that stood out to me. Well, do you want to run through it? Real quick? Yeah. No, let's have fun with Josh when he comes up. Okay. Let's have fun with Josh. Let's have fun with Josh. You right, want to we'll get to the three it. big questions real quick? And then yeah, we'll, let's do we'll it. Get, okay. All right. Let's start with this. Number one, how much credit does Ryan Pace deserve for the Bears' future with Justin Fields? Ryan Pace, as we now know, is in the Falcons' front office working for his old friend Terry Fontenot.
2: Well, I think he gets a lot. I mean, certainly he's the GM who drafted him and that and that'll always be the case. Um but I I I do think it would be unfair to not point, you know, to just ignore the uh everything that happened last year. Because I think it begs the question if Pace and Nagy had continued on
3: would, would Justin Fields be Justin Fields
2: what? Yeah, what, you know, because the development—it's great that you draft these guys, but regardless of the position, the player, you have to develop, develop them. And I, I think it's fairly obvious that Justin Fields is in a much better situation now than he was last year. The Bears had a.
3: Well, you know my thoughts on training camp last year. That 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 plan form just felt it didn't function right. Looking for the soundbite. What a waste of time training camp with us, guys. But
2: it was. It was. The, the whole year was a waste of time.
3: Yeah. With all due respect to Andy Dalton, the selection of Justin Fields changed everything. They had no idea. They, they had a plan. I think that's what you have to be thankful for Ryan Pace for. Is that he and Joey Lane, his right-hand man, had come up with a plan to go after Justin Fields if... He fell to the right spot. That's just made sense in terms of draft pick compensation. Before the draft, they had that deal worked out with the Giants if Justin Fields was there, and they executed their plan perfectly. They celebrated in Hallis Hall. I, I have an old story. Maybe I'll share it on Twitter if you're not familiar with it, if you're listening from England or whatnot, uh, detailing how the Bears made that move. But yes, Pace's obsession with getting the quarterback position right and his aggressiveness in doing so, I think, should always be be viewed favorably, at least with the future of Justin Fields and him developing the
2: way he is. And they, and to be honest, they also got relatively lucky that that draft played out the way it did. Yes, yes, yes. But then I, you got to be prepared to act on that luck. Sure, sure. I, I still, I still feel like. If the Panthers had drafted Patrick Sertan um, instead of J.C. Horn, I think Justin Fields is in Denver. Yeah, but for how uh,
3: the team that Pace currently works for
2: passed on him,
3: didn't they take Kyle Pitts? Yeah, and then Matt yeah. Ryan is gone one year later. Marcus Mariota
2: is there. It, they're certainly on the list of teams that screwed that up, in my opinion. Certain we teams. Didn't, we,
3: yeah, certain teams just aren't ready to draft the quarterback, but Pace always was was willing to, knowing how important the position is.
2: No, it was it was a uh, complicated, but well thought out move, and and honestly, Nagy, Matt Nagy deserves some credit too, you know, because he was invo- in the field. He was very involved in the scouting process. There's those shots at Ohio State's pro day where. You know, he's hanging out with Ryan Day, they're watching him, you know, just, it's it's you know, but I don't I think it's kinda also clear that they probably weren't the best guys to develop them, develop him. So also credit to Luke Getzi and Matt Iberflus and Andrew Ginoco and uh Tom Pelicero came out with his uh List of young head coaches under the age of, or I'm sorry, young assistant coaches under the age of 45 that he does every year that could be head coaching candidates, and not surprisingly, I expected to see Luke Getz's name on that list, and he is.
3: He's part of that coaching tree that has had success everywhere in the NFL. Minnesota, now Miami are included, so of course teams are going to be calling the Bears about Luke Getz. You just hope, like if you're the Bears. Teams pass over them f- for a year now. Teams at have been least more a year, yeah, 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 because you want to see at least two years of this. This Luke Getzi, Justin Fields combination, Andrew Janolka would be the next in line, but you want at least one more year of this. Yeah, absolutely. Number two. How much will the Bears miss running back Khalil Herbert? Herbert was just placed an injured reserve, so he's going to miss at least four weeks with a hip injury.
2: Well. Let me ask you a question. What is where would you put the Bears running back room in terms of like their positional depth? In terms of like where, where on the Bears roster do they have good depth? Well, that room yeah. but I would say I'd
3: have to see it from Tresson Ebner more. Like David sure. Montgomery th- there, there's a reason why he's still their number 1. They just love the violence that he that he, that he that he brings the, mm-hmm. there's a certain intangible to it. Doesn't have the yards per carry that Khalil Herbert does. Maybe maybe doesn't have the vision or the patience that Herbert does. But they like the one two combination of them. I'm not sure that Ebner can do with what Khalil Herbert is doing.
2: Well, I, I don't. I'm, I'm, I'm. I don't. I'm not sure either. I'm not sure the Bears know yet. I think they are hoping he can. They drafted him for this scheme. You know, they drafted him this year. Um, but I guess my point is. You would put the running back position in the area of depth. And then who's the Bears' best running back? Well, their best Well, their best threat, but there's like that's just the Fields. Right. So I guess my point yeah. is like they already have a deep running back room. And then, oh, by the way, their actual best runner is not even one of the running backs. He's the quarterback. Yeah. So I think they can survive without him. And I I say that not wanting to minimize anything that Khalil Herbert's done this year because he is their home run threat. I do think that they're going to miss him a little bit. But it's really weird to look at the stats and be like, hey, Khalil Herbert's tied at the top in the league at yards per carry with six. He has almost as many carries as David Montgomery. His yards per carry is way lower, almost half. But I think David Montgomery picks up the harder, dirtier, more important yards. In tight situations when you gotta have it, so I almost feel I know like. What
3: you're saying, but Herbert still moves the ball because that yards per carry. He was on sure. pace for a thousand yards as their number two running back. That's something.
2: Yes, I, I, he's a good player. He, he's a good player. I just, I feel like if Monk, and we've seen Montgomery go out. That's another thing that we've seen Montgomery go out and then be okay, and I feel like it's the same thing. It's going to be the same thing with Herbert. It's the running back spot. Well, the running game is also functioning
3: differently, like you said, with Justin Fields. I don't think they want to have as many carries as as he just had. I think they'll take serious consideration with the heaviness he's feeling with his legs. Yeah, that's actually a small thing I wanted to bring up that kind of worries me. Yeah, you want to protect him as much as you can, knowing how important he is. Uh, Number three. How much are you buying, or should I say selling, Adam Hogue, the Jack Sanborn hype that you helped create, Adam
2: Hogue. I didn't do anything. <laughs> Jack Sanborn did this. He did do this. With his really good play. I don't know. I I have to say, as the uh the president of the Jack Sanborn uh <laughs> whatever club, even I've this I feel like I've been the one this week, being like, "Whoa, okay, let's let's let's." It's like, okay let's to slow pump it down, the breaks a little bit. This is what I'll say: like,
3: like I don't, I don't want to say rolled my eyes when like Alan Williams said, like, "Oh, he, he looked like he belonged." Like, I get it; that's coach talk sometimes. But then he goes out against the the Lions. Forget looking like he belonged; he looked like the Bears' best defensive player at times. Yeah, I think he was like, the Bears' defensive player. He might have been the Bears' best player. Yes, two sacks. let him in sacks. Let him in tackles. and should have had interception. Yeah. Trifecta right there. He was outstanding. Yeah. He was
2: outstanding. I I mean, I think he's a player. I, I, I felt strongly he could develop into a starter. I didn't think he'd be the best player on defense. But that also, I think, has, says a lot about the players around him on defense right now.
3: All right, quickly before we go through over-unders. What do you think of the addition of Taco Charlton on a Wednesday when it should have been on a Tuesday? Right, that's what I was saying. <laughs> Come on, Ryan Poles. But I think they did technically make the addition Tuesday, just
2: because he was already there Wednesday. Right, it's true. So we, we could
3: call it Taco Tuesday.
2: So Tuesday was Taco
3: Tuesday. I have one takeaway on this. Doesn't there's no need for over analysis on this. The Bears' pass rush stinks. Yeah. The current crew or the old crew is getting it done, so let's bring in some guys who can try to get it done. Matty Bufloos
2: is very familiar with Taco Charlton from their days in Dallas. Let's give it a shot. Sure. Former first-round pick. Didn't work out there. Has bounced around a lot. Not very optimistic about it. Yeah. Just maybe give us a second and a half.
3: All right. Uh, probably o- not. Over Overrunners, real quick, before we get to Josh Kendall. Um, let's go back to Jack Sanborn. This is from Athens Shores. Jack Sanborn over, under on tackles this week, eight and a half,
2: and sack, half. I think i go over. Yeah, both. I think definitely the tackles. And if you just look at this whole season, like before Sanborn was out there, it was Roquan getting the sacks. Right. Roquan so, Smith was your leading sacker. <laughs> and, and Mariota's the kind of guy that might just run into one. You know, on the outside, where linebacker's pursuing. So, yeah, I think I'll take the over. Okay. All right. I like that, too. I like this. We have a combo
3: here from Gene, Chuck, Austin, and Brandon. Let's go with this one first. Ryan Pace, ex-Bear staff mentions on the broadcast set at one and a half. Over. I'm going to go over. There's too many of them. I think you get video of Pace talking to Justin Fields before the game, and then you get one mention or two during the game, and then Phil Emery will get one as well. So that's I was going
2: to say, I think you even throw in an Emery mention.
3: Yeah, so that's three right there. References to former Bears players now in Atlanta. Chuck has it at 2.5. Austin has it at 3.5. I'm going to go
2: let's set it at
3: three and a half because there's so many of them and one in Patterson can get the ball. So you might just get a lot of the well, former bear. Well, just to bear. clarify,
2: it can't just be them mentioning their names, right? They you gotta got to be mentioning it. how they used to play for the Bears. Former
3: bear, ex-bear. I mean, there's definitely, there's definitely going to be a graphic they put up. Yes, so that's one. So let's set it at three and a half. Okay. And I'm going to go over. I think you get four.
2: Jameer bird has been relatively uh, I'm going to go with 3 Okay Yeah, so I guess that's technically the under Now this
3: is from Brandon Calling the Falcons the Atlanta Bears During the broadcast Half I'm going to go over with 1
2: Yeah, I think there might be 1 too This might also be one of those things where like, only we care about it in Chicago. None of the broadcast should have fun with this, right? They
3: should. Like, How can you not look at all the former Bears and have fun with it? Not have fun with it.
2: Is this Joe Davis and uh, That's your Moose? Area. I think it's Moose this week. It
3: is. I like this one. You ready for this one? From Sam Burns and Cloudy Future. Those are two different people. Ooh, this is a good one. Michael Vick Justin Fields comparisons and then Cloudy Future took it to another level with Justin Fields Michael Vick highlight run video clips over both are set. Yeah, both are over. going over. Both are go- <laughs> both are at one and a half. Both are going over.
2: I was going to go over whatever you said. Yeah, because this is a good excuse to get some Vick highlights in there. And-, and who doesn't like some Vick highlights? Yeah. All I- right. Love it. This one
3: is from Guar Cleveland. This one is for you specifically. Bears
2: get screwed by ref calls. Two and a half. (laughs) Probably over based on how it's going. I thought I was relatively tame this week. I kind of actually... People did not like that I pointed out that the Bears also got away with some calls. They did. They had two false starts that didn't get called and a, a blatant illegal motion where Byron Pringle was moving forward to block way before the snap
3: That was just a terribly called game. It was. It was. It was a couple pass interference but, penalties missed. One uncalled. Based on what
2: we've seen, I think it'll go over again. Yeah. <laughs> based on some Bears fans convictions, way over. I think it's Trey Blake as the ref this week, first year as a referee. So, uh Get get ready
0: for that.
3: LinkedIn isn't just a job board. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites.
2: All right, joining us now is Josh Kendall. He covers the Falcons for the Athletic. Follow him on Twitter at Josh The Athletic, uh, as you should be doing with the Bears' opponents every week. Uh, Josh, thank you for jumping on today. We were uh, just joking, talking about uh, all the former Bears connections down there in Atlanta. Uh, it's a big storyline up here, at least this week, uh, as we get into this game.
1: Yeah, there, there was a real influx after uh, after Ryan. Brian Pace came aboard, and one of them you know, had an, an outsized impact, I think, from what we all expected, which was Elijah Wilkinson, who stepped in immediately as the left guard and kind of solidified that spot until two weeks ago, three weeks ago now, where he goes on the hour with a knee injury. Then the guy that they plug in that hole goes on the hour with a knee injury, and now they're looking at their third-string left guard and the prospect of potentially – putting Jalen Mayfield second year guy who started 16 games there last year, but really, really struggled back in that spot just out of necessity. So, you know, I think that, you know, the the absence of Elijah Wilkinson of of all things will have an impact on the Falcons this week. All right, Let's
3: give everybody a, a rundown of who is there. Feel free to chime in. We got Phil Emery and Ryan Pace in the front office. This is what I thought was really interesting. Here are the coaches. Dave Ragone, Charles London, Michael Peachy. Those, those are two former Bears running backs coaches. They're once Charles London's coach of yep. quarterbacks, though, right? Yes. Uh, Ted Monachino, great quote. Remember that, Adam? Yeah. Great quote. That was Chuck Pagano's right hand man. And, and here's yep. a name from the past. Blast from the past right here. John Hoke. Mm hmm. Coach in the secondary. Yes. Old Lovey Smith guy. And here are the players Abdullah Anderson, Nick Kwiatkowski. Jermaine Effetti, everybody's favorite former bearer in Chicago. Cordell Patterson, Demir Bird. You mentioned Elijah Wilkinson. He's an IR now, right? Then Eddie Goldman was there for a little bit.
1: Now he's... I don't even know if Goldman was was ever here. Goldman was here on paper, on a piece of paper. (laughs) Physically, I don't know anybody who saw his body on the campus. So, you know, Eddie Goldman in spirit
2: we didn't know if he was ever in Chicago sometimes either, you know, it, you, it, you just kind of had to guess. Um, yeah, that one didn't really work out. So I, the, the one that kind of, let's talk about Dave Ragone going a little bit because you know, this was even last year when, when he goes down there and Cordero Patterson goes down there and it's like every team Cordero Patterson has been on until he got to Atlanta, including the bears could never figure out how to use him properly in the offense. And now all of a sudden he's a touchdown fantasy football machine. Mm-hmm. How much uh, credit does Dave Ragone get for that? And what exactly is Ragone's um, role in the offense, in the the game planning, the calls that are getting called? Uh, how, how is that all working up there with the head coach?
1: For, for starters, I think Ragone gets a good amount of credit for that, just as the voice in Arthur Smith's ear to say, hey, listen, I've seen this guy. Let's He's on the market for cheap. We need cheap guys. What if we did this with him? What if we used him in this way? And Arthur Smith, is you know who considers himself an, a solutions guy, thought yeah my, that might work. And can, you know I, I think Arthur Smith considers himself one of the smarter guys in the room, and he and he, and he may be right. So you know they they had a necessity, they plugged Cordero in, and it's been a great fit. So I think Dave gets credit for that. Where Dave fits in big picture, you know he's caught in the you know. In his, a, a tough spot, if we can call any of these guys in a tough spot, he's the OC for a head coach who handles the who calls the entire offense, whose fingerprints are on the entire offense. This is not Dave Ragone's offense. This is Arthur Smith's offense. What Dave's role is here is Arthur's conduit to those guys. You know, kind of a you know a deep cut with this Falcons team. As you saw, both coordinators, Dean Pease and Dave Ragone, come out of the box onto the field this year, and Arthur Smith has credited that. With helping them make some strides, I think Dave Ragone is is an interpreter at times with Arthur Smith and the, and his guys.
3: How would you encapsulate the, the roles that Phil Emery and Ryan Pace have in that front office? My understanding is that Phil scouts more, Ryan's there with with Terry Fontenot. Take us through it if you can.
1: Your understanding is as good as mine. This is a this is a buttoned up shift. This is another Arthur Smithism. He likes to take shots at organizations uh, essentially that are not fortresses you know if if, um you know he he will often unsolicited take shots at at leaks that come out of organizations that clearly come out of organizations they they pride themselves on being a very buttoned down ship so we don't see uh, we don't see or hear a lot from Terry Fontenot and nothing from the former Bears guys from the guys behind the scenes so you know they you know they give the vibe that they think they've got secrets worth protecting. And they're just not going to, you know, peaks behind the curtain are very few and far between here. All right. Looking at it from the
2: outside, uh, as a a Justin Fields makes a homecoming to the Atlanta area. um, It it sure seems like that in hindsight would have been a really good fit uh, to, to have him drafted by the Falcons. That year in his home state of Georgia, is is that a storyline down there in Atlanta? Do they talk about that, or is it you know Kyle Pitts was an obvious pick? You take you know you take who's maybe the best player on the board there, and you you know you move on.
1: That's been a storyline since they took took Kyle Pitts. The only change in the narration is you know who should they have taken instead of Kyle Pitts? Um, You know at one at one point it was Trey Lance. now you go back six weeks ago and folks were talking about Justin Fields like a bust. So I don't think anybody until this last month was saying, well, look at you, idiots. You should have taken Justin Fields. Now everybody says, well, look, you idiots. You should have taken Justin Fields. I think (laughs) that the lack of production from Kyle Pitts this year snowballs that conversation to some degree. So that's going to be a huge topic this week. It's going to be, I would imagine, an even bigger topic you know, Sunday at 3 p.m. when Fields crosses 150 yards rushing in Mercedes-Benz Stadium and people are just disgusted. Long term, I think the Falcons feel good about, still feel good about the pick that they made, still feel really good about Kyle Pitts' future, et cetera, et cetera. There's clearly a reason they, they didn't take Justin Fields. They would never say it. They publicly will say that they are big Justin Fields fans. I will say, if you look at this version of Justin Fields with what – Arthur Smith's offense looks like, boy, it looks like they could have been a good fit. I mean, Arthur Smith wants to run the ball and throw deep off of it. This is what we've seen from Justin Fields in the last month. what we've seen him do really, really well. So, yeah, I mean, you know, right now, throw me in with the pitchfork crowd that says, you know, why didn't you draft Justin Fields? That was a no-brainer.
3: So you kind of highlighted that they're very similar teams, very run-heavy teams. Tell us about Marcus Mariota. Like, obviously, he's not a long-term QB. Um, how's he playing? Where does his fit? I mean, how, how long did they stick this out with Mariota?
1: That's a great question. At this point, it looked, going backwards in, in the order that you asked him, at this point, that looks like they stick with him th- throughout the season. I think if you're not going to make a change coming off of what was a really startling performance against Carolina with a mini-buy, you're just not going to make that change. Marcus Mariota um, is, in in some ways, as good as Atlanta could have hoped for. If you rewind the clock a little bit, they put themselves in a bad situation, as did everybody else, in my opinion, who pursued Deshaun Watson. What the Falcons ended up with was no Deshaun Watson and a veteran quarterback who was kind of pissed off about the whole situation and said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go somewhere else. They sent him to Indianapolis the same day They get Marcus Mariota, which I would argue at that point was about as good as they could have hoped for. He's a guy who had experience in Arthur Smith's offense. He's a guy who's great in the locker room. He's a guy who's beloved by his teammates. You know, that's all great. On the field, we've seen his limitations, the biggest of which is his inability to consistently throw that deep ball, which this offense depends on to be fully unlocked. Everybody in Atlanta wants to see Desmond Ritter, and I think Desmond Ritter probably could throw that deep ball more effectively than Marcus has this season. The problem is the Falcons clearly don't think that Desmond Ritter is ready to do all the stuff necessary to get you to that deep ball opportunity. Marcus Mariota does a ton of pre-snap stuff, does a ton of directing traffic. The Falcons bring personnel on and off the field per snap more than any team in the league. There are, there are a lot of moving parts in this offense. There'll be a lot for a rookie to do. Marcus Mariota is mobile enough that he adds a little something to the run game, not Justin Fields' level to the run game. So Marcus Mariota has done what the Falcons have asked him to do. He is who I think the Falcons knew he was going to be. He's a bridge from Matt Ryan to something. The Falcons just don't know what the something is yet and, or how long the bridge is going to have to be.
2: All right. I don't know if you've gotten this far this week or not, but uh, are you leaning one way or the other with a with a pick for this game?
1: I'm, I'm I'm terrible at these picks. If you look, if you read our our expert picks on the athletic, you'll see how truly terrible I am at these. Right now, I would take the Bears. <clears throat> the logic is if we're if we've got four units, Atlanta offense and defense, Chicago offense and defense. I feel like we know what we get we're getting from three of those four. The Bears' defense and the Falcons' defense are not good and are not going to be good. The Bears' offense of the last month is going to be good, we don't know what the hell we're getting from the Falcons' offense. So based on that logic, I mean, I think, gun to my head, I'm I'm taking the Bears.
3: Yeah, place your money on the the best player on the field, and that player belongs to the Bears, and it's going to really enrage that fan base, I feel like,
1: by the end of the day. Down there in Atlanta, I, 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 he's gonna he's gonna look like he's gonna look like a number seven quarterback who used to play in at Atlanta, and it's gonna make some Falcons fans <laughs> really really mad.
3: Uh, Do you think we get a lot of like Michael Vick highlights and
1: Justin Fields like uh we, montage we like, in the broadcast at, at least? I mean, it it's an interesting comparison. That they're they're different types of runners, as as best as I can tell. But I mean. In, in terms of electric with their legs and big play threats with their legs, fields fields of the last month. This is this is hyperbole, and I try to stay away from fields of the last month. Is is the closest thing, you know, I can remember to to Vic.
2: Yeah, and they could both fire the ball when they really needed oh, to as right. well. Yes. So yes. Uh, that's that's the other comparison too that I think people lean on. Um, I still think Vic was probably a little bit more elusive, and Justin probably oh, yeah. has, has a little bit more power than that's Vic. What I'm but
1: they're they're a, di- they're a different sort of you know animal to handle but they are both
3: yeah yeah i think fields might be the better passer by the end of the
2: yeah, day here. We'll, yeah we'll see he's still got to prove that all right uh josh thanks so much we really appreciate the insight and uh you know in, in for a game between two teams that aren't that good it still should be an interesting one we sure yeah it'll be <laughs> I, fun
1: and should, and should be fast shouldn't go quickly
2: yeah there we go all right you, yeah. josh kendall thanks so much thanks guys thanks josh all right, there he is. Let's get back to. Um, I guess we got to make our predictions. Bold predictions. Chase
3: Claypool touchdown. Oh, all right. That means
2: it's going to happen in like two weeks from now. When I don't. Yeah, do I was going to say. Then you have guaranteed another <laughs> slow week for Chase Claypool. What was the one we got on Twitter this morning that was like, "Hey, Johnsey, <laughs> can, can you predict this? Lou <laughs> L- so Kettie will be a
3: head coach in the NFL next. Oh yeah, year. Fine. if you if you want it, I'll give it to you." You watch, you listen, you read us. Luke Getze will be a
2: head coach in the NFL next year. You happy? <laughs> yes. So now, so now he'll be back. That's good. That's good. Um, all right. Bold prediction for me. Um, I think that um, the Bears... Man, it's just... I want to go higher because this isn't really like that high, but I do think the Bears take the ball away twice. But that, based on what they've done in recent weeks, that is bold. Because they haven't really been doing it.
3: it. Well, it's been there. The opportunities have been there. Travis Gibson, balls, bouncing around. Jack Sanborn had it. Jalen Johnson, well, it was a bad call by the officials. It was a bad call. Forget Jalen Johnson's part on that. Just an awful call.
2: (laughs) It was a terrible call. It was ridiculous. Um, But I do – maybe I'm basing this too much in the – John's last Thursday got to Denver – we were there. We were having a dinner with the family. Game was sort of on over here. Then I got back to the room. I watched the last like five minutes of the game. And like, even though I didn't watch a whole lot of the game, I must have seen like six passes that wanted to be intercepted. I'm talking about the Falcons Panthers game last week. And and so I just feel like there's going to be opportunities that the Bears have to take advantage of. So, all right, in terms of a prediction for the game, um, like Josh, I have been awful at this this year. I think I'm like two and seven or whatever it is oh I'm like six and four seven and three maybe I don't know how how have you been paid the bears are so hard to pick all right you go first then I'm just gonna copy your pick all right
3: <laughs> we have Fox noon Bears and Falcons Falcons are minus three I'm taking the bears by a touchdown Adam Hogue. the bears by a touchdown I'm gonna go back to my score I had the other day thirty to twenty three bears
2: Similar to what I had last week,
3: that is exactly
2: what I had last week. Well, my prediction last week would have been pretty damn good without the uh, pick six. I thought the Bears would win by about a touchdown or whatever. I don't if know. the
3: pick six isn't there, it's a thirty to 20, thirty
2: to twenty four game. Yeah, um, I honestly, I like. I I think, I think Josh broke it down pretty well. That's like that's kind of where I am too. Like. At least last week, you could look at the Lions' offense and be like, it functions. You know, they they moved the ball. They've scored a lot of points earlier in the year. It kind of dipped, sure, but this this Falcons' offense... Well, I guess where it does scare me is in the running game. I mean, the Bears, Bears aren't exactly prolific at stopping the run. Um, but I just feel like they're going to have a harder time getting into the end zone than the Bears are. And I and I do think, you heard Justin talking yesterday about, yeah, I like playing on the turf.
3: He says he's faster on the turf.
2: Because there's been a lot of talk this week about is the turf safe? Is it causing injuries? And Justin's Justin yesterday was like, yeah, I get where they're coming from, but I want to play on the turf. Yeah. <laughs> he also said, what
3: did he say? Uh, played on turf my whole life.
2: Yeah, which is true.
3: Other than Soldier Field. Um, right. I think he hits 200 yards passing, by the way. Ooh. I don't know if the rushing numbers are at well Josh at 150. I don't know if they get that high, maybe they're around 80, 90, but I think they move move the ball
2: through the air a bit too. All right, officially I'm gonna say um, 28 to 24 Bears. Okay, All right. yeah, 28, 24. Okay. Four point win. Bears win. Yeah.
0: So take that and think about that for a little bit.
2: All right. Uh we got other games to fly through here. We go to a Thursday nighter because it's Green Bay. Packers, Titans, tonight. I have to you know, I have to say, Johns, I have been trying for like five years now to get up to Green Bay for a game where I can actually be in the stands. Because like, I would like, we've been up to Lambeau a lot. I've never sat in the stands there, and I love the stadium. I'd like to experience that. And I'm like one of these years. There's going to be a Thursday or Monday night game where the Bears aren't playing, where I can get up there. It's not that long of a drive, so I thought about doing it this week, and then I was like, hell no, it's going to be like
3: 19 degrees. Yeah, my advice would be, unless you have that hunting gear they all wear up there, <laughs> some of it bright orange, then yeah, don't bother. No, my my living room is going to be just fine tonight by yeah. the fireplace. I'm going to pick the Packers in this one. They're they're given three, and I I don't think they've figured everything out. I think the Titans. Okay, maybe the Titans run it down their throats a little bit with Derrick Henry, but I'm changing my mind. You can talk now. Yeah, um, I'm going to.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I I'm sorry. I'm going to take the Titans. They, they just they're a more complete team. There's nothing flashy or exciting about the Titans. They're, they're well-coached, though, and they always find a way. Like, even in that game a yeah. couple weeks ago against the Chiefs when they were in Kansas City and they lost in the end, like, there was still, like, a weird, weirdly odd, impressive performance, even though they didn't do anything flashy. Mike Grable's was, kind of was a good coach. He yeah. They, right. they, I, you got me. Well, it
3: wasn't hard. You convinced me. Give me the points and the Titans.
2: Yeah, I just... I think they get it done. And I think it's a kind of an ugly game. Although I will say, I, I am very interested to see if Christian Watson keeps what he did last week going. Um, because he's, he had drops in that game, too, I believe. Yeah. He's very, what was his scouting report? Had as many drops in college as he did touchdowns. It's a red flag, but he still delivered the touchdowns and they beat the Cowboys. So, um, That's fine. All
0: right,
2: we move to Sunday CBS. Thanks. they are picking a game that we have no idea where it's gonna be played Browns at bills. The bills are an eight point favorite. There's this crazy lake effect thing going on uh, with the Great Lakes this week. If you live on the east side of any of the lakes, especially in Buffalo. You're going to get pounded. I think it's already started now, and it might snow all the way through Sunday morning. Think about that. So um, they're talking about a crazy amount of snow, possibly having to move this game to Detroit. Uh, They can't move it to Minnesota, which is usually their preferred location because the Vikings have a home game this week. So Uh, that'll be interesting. But the Bills are an eight-point favorite. Back-to-back losses for the Bills. Josh Allen's not feeling himself.
3: Um that elbow injury, right? Elbow injury. Yeah. Give me the Browns covering Bills win. I would love to see them play in the snow. I like snow games. I watched some of that snow game last night, even if it was a college game.
2: Give me the bill. Uh, no, give me the Browns covering Bills win. I'm gonna take the Bills to cover. They were winning that game just fine against the Vikings. The Vikings are better than the Browns. Um, I think they kick it in high gear and they figure it out. So I'll take the Bills
1: point is, uh, those are some numbers.
2: Fox, Noon, Lions and Giants uh, in New York or in New Jersey. Giants are a three-point home favorite over the Lions. You give think it would be more? Yeah, yeah. Give me
3: the Giants a little bit here. Yeah, they, they cover. It's not going to be a flashy, good-looking win. They never are. They never seem to be for the Giants. But give me the Giants flirting with a four- five-point win.
2: Uh yeah, I think I'll take the Giants too. I just I'm not buying the Lions at all. The Giants are are just better. So I'm going to I'll agree with you on that one. Good job by Equanimity St. John. He's going to get the block. CBS 325 Cowboys at Vikings, pretty good game. Uh Cowboys are road favorites here. Vikings, despite being were they 8 and 1 now? Yeah. 8 and 1. Did you see Paul Allen, the video that went viral yesterday? I love Paul Allen. I'm glad he's getting the national recognition. He's just different the way he calls a game. So good. You lucky suckers. <laughs> <laughs> that part's amazing. Check it out. It's on Twitter. It's everywhere. LeBron James tweeted it today. Yeah. <laughs> he's the Vikings play-by-play voice. We should try to get him on maybe before the, uh, the last Adam's game. Adam Tarr Mike McDaniel list. Yeah. Well, Pak, I've I've had PA on the radio a couple of times. I, he can be hard to get. He's now he's very much in demand. I'm sure, um, but he's he's in, he's incredible. The Vikings fans up there love him. So I'm, I'm gonna the take Vikings. the Vikings. Yeah. yeah, they just they I, keep they finding win. a way. They're, They're back at home. The Cowboys are coming off a loss, and you know it's. I, I have to say there are a couple picks I made last week that that in hindsight were really dumb. Okay, one of them was the Seahawks. Just like, yo, they're flying from Seattle to Germany. You're just gonna pick them. <laughs> like that's, <laughs> yeah. come on, man. That's a lot of that's a lot of jet lag. Uh, more than Tampa. And yeah, the other one was tr- some for some reason trusting Mike McCarthy in, at Lambeau Field yeah. against the Packers. That's just dumb. I don't know why I would thought that. So <laughs> I'm gonna do this. I was thinking that like ten seconds ago when we went through a Packers pick. Yeah. Yeah, I, I so I'm gonna do the same thing. Mike McCarthy against the Vikings. Yeah, I'm gonna take the Vikings. The Vikings. So. All right. And that's the facts. That's that's one
0: hundred percent truth.
2: All right, NBC. This is the Sunday night game, seven twenty. We got the Chiefs at Chargers. Uh this was like a marquee game back in was that week two? Was a while ago. It was kind of a fun game. Um the Chargers, to me, the Chargers are a good example of a team that found their young quarterback and have a lot of other issues. So just a lesson that the QB doesn't always solve everything. Um, and the uh, Chargers are five-and-a-half-point home underdog here. There might be more Chiefs fans there than Chargers fans on Sunday. Yes,
3: yes. Chiefs by 10. It just strikes me as a game that's going to be close to... Uh, yeah, and it's going to be Mahomes who's making good on his drives and not Justin Herbert.
2: I agree with you. I just – five and a half is too much for me. I think the Chargers cover it. I think the Chargers' problem is they just they can't find a way to win these types of games, but I think they'll keep it close. I think you're getting that field goal with like three minutes left or um, two minutes maybe. left
3: where it's – Yeah. Nail on the Even me. by a touchdown lead, they'll let that covers, but that's that's what I'm
2: going with. All right. Well, we got to get out of here. Appreciate everybody listening, uh, watching on YouTube. Make sure you go check out our YouTube channel. Hit subscribe. uh, Hit the like button if you're already watching on YouTube. Appreciate you. Set the notifications. You'll know when we go live post-game Sunday. When you hit that little bell, uh, it'll pop up on your phone. We always try to go around five, but everybody's busy. Post-game obligations doesn't always happen right on time. So if you have the notifications, you'll know when we are live post-game. Bears and Falcons. Uh, from Atlanta, and um, make sure if you're listening the old school way, rate, review the pod. Tell a friend, most importantly, text a Bears fan right now. Say, hey, check out Hogan Johns. Appreciate each and every one you and uh, the merch, shirts.com for all of our merchandise. Again, in the month of November, the uh, portion of the proceeds go to the 22Q Family Foundation, and thank you to everybody that is helping out there. All right. We will uh, talk to you post game on Sunday. See ya. Yeah.
3: yeah.
0: Point is, uh, those are some numbers.